Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Let's dive straight into the Word. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. I want to read from verse 8. The Bible says this, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of your men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands, the Israelites uh, were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of the Am- Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and he called it, the Lord is my banner. And so, Father, I just thank you for your word, that every time we open your word, it speaks to us, that these ancient stories, these stories that, uh, Father, just seem like history, are filled with power, and they give us principles that teach us how to actually overcome in our own lives even today. And so, Lord, as we look at this complex topic today, I just pray that, that by the Spirit of God, you would come and minister, and that lives would be changed because of what happens here today. That this is not just going to be another word. But something's going to happen even as we hear your word. And Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders this word. Forgive me of my sins. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. So let your spirit come and minister, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in a series entitled Freedom uh, that we began a few weeks ago. And in this series, we're looking at the reality that in life... All of us experience wounds and hurts, struggles and difficulties. We will all experience these kind of things in our lives. It's not so much what happens to us in life, it's what we do with what happens in our lives. And these negative experiences can affect us deeply. They can affect how we think, how we feel. They can affect how we relate to people, the decisions we make. They can rob us of peace and joy. And above all else, they can derail the call of God on our lives. The enemy uses these kind of situations to derail the call of God upon our lives. We may not see the potential in our lives. The enemy sees the potential inside of us. And so he uses these kind of situations to come against us. The good news is that one of the reasons why Jesus came was to set us free. Key verse for the series that we've been looking at over the last few weeks is is the words of Jesus who said, and then you will know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. And then you shall know the truth. He's speaking to believers here. He's speaking to people who believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And He says to them, then you're going to know the truth and that truth is going to set you free. That no matter what the enemy has tried to do, Jesus is going to set us free. How's He going to do that? By His truth. So many of us can be saved and yet still be bound by issues of the past, addictions and wounds. And Jesus is saying to us this morning, when you know the truth, come to understand the truth about God, about yourself, about what is happening to you. That truth is going to make you free. 
enemy wants to keep us bound. He keeps us bound by his life. Then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The opposite of that verse is also true, that the lies are going to keep us bound and the enemy sows lies, gets us to believe half-truths, lies that keep us bound, but Jesus wants to set us free. Read this great scripture this week in, in John chapter 16, verse 13, which says this, but when the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. I just love that scripture. One of the, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in us. And Jesus is saying to His disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, which is the Holy Spirit, one of the things He's gonna do, He's gonna lead us into truth. And that truth is going to set us free. My prayer in this series is that if we feel bound and broken and wounded, if we feel like we're in a prison to whatever, I pray that we could be set free in Jesus' name. So far, we've looked at two things. We've looked at how to deal with bitterness. Last week, we looked at how to deal with loneliness. Today, I want to speak about a really simple topic, how to break addictions. It's not a simple topic, it was a joke, all right? It's a complex topic. Um, when, when we think about addictions, we normally think about the big ones, you know, the drug addictions, alcohol, gambling, addiction to porn, and so on. But addictions come in many shapes and sizes. We can be addicted to, te to television. We can be addicted to shopping. We can be addicted to the gym. That's the one I've got, as you can see. I mean, you can see, you can just, it's just very obvious. Uh, you can be addicted to work. It's funny because we say, oh, he's a workaholic. And we kind of think that's funny or that's, that's almost seen as a virtue. Oh, he's a workaholic. No, it's, it's no different to being an alcoholic. It means you're getting secondary gain from your work. You're not working for the income. You're not working because it's what you need to do. It's because you're getting some other gain. You're getting secondary gain from the work that you're doing. And no, it's not a good thing. Some people are addicted to video games, food. Gossip, lying, power, the internet, and the list goes on. An addiction is anything we do that we don't want to do, but we can't stop doing. So I'm doing this, I don't want to do this, but I just can't stop. So whatever you do that you know your life would be better if it wasn't in your life, but you just can't stop. It's whatever causes you to lose freedom. I mean, I'm in a prison cell... Uh, which is the addiction. And I want to get out, but I, I just can't seem to get out of this prison. Paul says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You used to be in slavery. Christ has come so that we could be set free. Don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't become a slave to anything. Now, one of the words in the New Testament, and there's a few words for addiction. One of those words is slavery. I'm a slave to this addiction. Become a slave to whatever it is we're addicted to. Dominates our mind, our emotions. Tells us when, it tells us how much, it governs our life. How do you know if you're addicted? A few signs. Number one, it, it affects your responsibilities, your key responsibilities. It affects your marriage, your family your work life, it's this addictive behaviour. Uh, it doesn't just affect me, it affects my, the life around me. Secondly, you begin to make room for it. You think about it all the time. Can't wait till the next time where you can do X, Y or Z. 
You need more to have the same effect. It's another sign of an addiction and you need to stop, but you can't. Bible speaks about five types of sins in, in Psalms chapter 19 and the progressive nature of sin. David says in the Psalms, who can discern his errors? That's unconscious, unconscious sin. They're the sins that we commit and we don't know we're committing. In the Old Testament, they were required to offer a sacrifice for unconscious sin. The sins that we commit that we don't know we're committing. Then he said, then David says, forgive my hidden faults. That's hidden sin. That's the sins we know about and nobody else knows about. Keep your servant also from willful sin. That's the next stage. That's the next phase. It's, it's a willful sin. Now, not only, not only do I know, but so does everybody else know. I really don't care. Then he says, may they not rule over me. And that's when the sin moves to the next stage, when a sin becomes a stronghold, or in this case, an addiction. Now that it's, it, we've been in control of the sin, now, now the, the sin controls us. We, we were able to say when, we were able to say how, how much, and we, we were able to control it, but now the sin controls us. May it not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. What is the great transgression? The great transgression is pride. It's the sin uh, from which all of the other sins come. The greatest virtue, by the way, is humility. It's from where all the other, the other virtues come. It's the virtue of humility. The opposite is the, 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 the virtue from which all sin comes is pride. I don't care what God says. I'm going to do my own thing. It's pride. It's, it's, it's not a sin of lying. It's God says I shouldn't lie. I'm not going to do what God says. I'm going to do my own thing. That's the sin of pride. God says, don't touch the tree. I'm going to eat the fruit from the tree. Don't touch the wet cement. Come on, who's ever done that? What do you want to do? I want to touch that wet cement. Can I hear an amen? Not only do I want to touch it, I want to put my own issues in there. So this morning, what I want to do with the time I have left is unpack this whole subject of addictions a little further. So let me say from the outset that if we do overcome an addiction, it's by the grace of God. Can I hear an amen? If, ever, if anyone's ever fought, struggled, battled any kind of addiction, if we, if, if we manage to get to the other side of it, it's by the grace of God, like the previous messages. So I don't, I don't want to make light of this. If, we, if we're able to deal with bitterness, it's the grace of God. If we're able to manage loneliness, it's the grace of God. I, I, I don't want to pretend, well, if you, if you follow three steps, four steps, then it's all done. No, it's not as simple as that at all. And so I don't want to make light of the struggle. I don't want to simplify, you know, overcoming addictions by four points that I'm about to give you today. But I do believe that the Bible has truth and I do believe that that truth is able to set us free in the name of Jesus. I don't believe an addiction is greater than God. I don't believe that God does not have the power to help us overcome whatever addiction that it is that's formed in our lives. So what I want to do today is just share a few thoughts that I pray will speak to us. Eight thoughts in particular. So let's dive into this. If we're going to deal with an addiction, number one, we need to admit that we have a problem. It's where healing begins. So often when it comes to addictions, people convince themselves they don't have a problem. Jesus said in our key word verse, then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. When it comes to addictions, the truth begins with ourselves. 
It begins by speaking the truth to ourselves. Healing and freedom begins by admitting to ourselves the reality, the truth that we got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> it's amazing the lies that we convince ourselves just to, fight, just to justify an addiction. Well, it's not that bad. I can quit whenever I want. It's not hurting anyone. I deserve a little happiness every now and then. It's no big deal. It's not my fault. I'm a victim. This is just the way that I am. And the list goes on and on and on. The excuses we use to justify the sin or the addictive behaviour. And when we convince ourselves of the lie, we stay bound. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. You believe the lie, the lie is going to keep you bound. And when we speak to the truth, when we speak the truth, it sets us free. When we speak the truth, first and foremost to ourselves, when we admit to ourselves the reality, the truth, it has the capacity to set us free. David says in the Psalms, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped and in my, and, and as in the heat of summer. And then I acknowledged my sin. Then, then I admitted to the reality of what was really happening inside of me and did not cover up my iniquity with some excuse. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. First step in AA is, my name's Joe. And I'm an alcoholic. It's, it's not, it's not, it's, why, why, why that? Now, it's just my perspective. I, I don't quite like the way it's phrased because it speaks about identity. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a whatever it is you're addicted to. I'm a child of God, first and foremost, in the name of Jesus. But if we're going to be set free, and I understand the spirit of what's being said, we need to admit to the reality of the behaviour. Um... My name's Joe and I have a problem with this that I can't seem to control. That's a better way to go. And, and, and it's a reality that we need to continue to admit to ourselves. That's first number one. Second thought to overcoming an addiction is we need to believe we can be set free. Then you shall know the truth and the truth will set some people free. Those that are a little bit holy, free. Then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free by the grace of God. And here's some other lies that people with addictions convict themselves of. They believe the lie that says, well, this is my lot in life. I'll never be free. I'll never be like everybody else. It's too hard. It's too far gone. This has been in my family for years, uh, for generations and generations. And on and on it goes, there's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. Oh, so be it. Again, the truth will set us free, but the lies will keep us bound. The Bible is filled with truth. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. And what I love about the Bible is it speaks honestly about some of the struggle and, you know, key person um, who's went through this kind of a battle. If you've ever had addictive behaviours, you understand the struggle. I want to do what's right, but it's not a person who's, who's struggling with an addiction who says, no, I just want to do the wrong thing. There might be some people, but, but by and large, it's people who are saying, I want to do the right thing, but I just, I just seem to struggle with that. Paul says in Romans 7, it says, So I, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I mean, how many people have had this kind of a struggle in their lives? Two, two three people here. 
He says, but I see another law at work in me. It happens in all of us every single day because there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit continuously. I want to do what's right, but there's another law inside of me. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul goes on to say, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Well, you can't be delivered. It's your lot in life. You're never going to change. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Chapter 8 then begins with the words, therefore there is now no condemnation. Big difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is you're nothing. You're no good at anything. You know, you're never going to get through this. You're just a bad person. Conviction is, it's the gentle work of the Holy Spirit says, that says to us, come on, Joe, you can be better. Come on, Joe, it's, it's, the, it's like a coach looking at us saying, come on, we can do better than this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Jesus Christ, listen, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. It's, it's the law of the Spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. No, I'm not going to be a slave anymore to sin because the Holy Spirit has set me free to be everything that He's called me to be. Don't accept defeat in the name of Jesus. Believe that you can be free in Jesus' name. Number three, third principle is you need to choose freedom. This might sound really redundant, but it's really important. You need to make a decision to want us to want to be free from addiction. And probably I was listening to some stuff today, some secular stuff this week, sorry. And they said, this is where it all begins. This is it. This is the linchpin. Here, you need to make a decision. Do you want to stay here or do you want to change? And by the way, you know, because um, uh, I uh, thought about all of this you know, in the area of counselling and so on and so on about, you know, how do we change? And, you know, some people have had an awful background and, and that explains where they are. But listen to what I believe. At the core, we all, God has given us something called the will. The will is the capacity to choose what we do next. We can't choose the past, but we can choose what we do next. God has given us the ability. He doesn't choose for us, but He has given us something called the will that enables us to make decisions. I can hear the Word of God. I can read the Word of God. And I can say, well, either I believe it and, and, and do something accordingly, or I can choose to ignore the Word of God. We've got to believe that no matter what has happened to us, we have something called the will that enables us to choose what I do next. Now, it might not be easy. It might not be, but I can choose. I can, I can choose what I do next. And we can choose freedom. John tells the story about a man that was paralyzed for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? What an unusual question. Here he was, paralyzed for 38 years, just lying there. Why would Jesus ask him the question, do you want to get well? Because the reality is not everyone who's sick wants to get better. There's a whole lot of benefits to being sick. People have to feed you, carry you. You get sympathy, Rescuing behavior. Oh, you poor thing. How long have you been there? Oh, 38 years. Oh, feels good to, how many people say that feels good? It does feel good. 
Not everyone who's addicted wants to be free from the addiction. If we're, gonna, if we're going to overcome the addiction, whatever it is, we need to come to a place where we say, enough is enough. This addiction is not going to define me. I don't have the power to overcome. One of the things I tell myself every, every single day, I'm powerless and I choose to depend on God. I tell myself that every day. I am powerless in myself because I'm, 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 a, I'm a, uh, uh, the kind of person that has to, feels like I've got to make things happen. See a problem, I've got to fix it. <laughs> I see a problem in myself, I've got to fix it. But, there, but I've realised over a few, it's taken me a little bit of time, that I can't fix myself. <laughs> and the more I try to fix myself, the deeper I get into, into a mess. And so it's taken me a long time to get to a stage where I say, I am powerless in myself. So I choose to depend on God. I choose to depend on His power to help me overcome. And you shall receive power when you try harder. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If we're going to overcome the addiction, we need to get to a stage where we say no more. No more. And by God's grace, I'm going to be free from this. Number four, a fourth thought is that at the core, addiction is first and foremost a spiritual problem. So often when we think about addictions, we say it's a problem with alcohol, a problem with porn, a problem with shoes. Imelda had 3,000 pairs, just for the record. And it's not true because at its core, it's a spiritual problem. And the word for it is idolatry. An idol is anything you look to to provide for you what only God can provide. There's a great scripture in Isaiah that some, some people believe applies to addictions. Listen to what it says. It's about a carpenter that takes some wood for, and, and some of the wood he used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread. But he also fashions a God and worships it. He makes an idol and bow down, bows down to it. With some of the wood, he makes a fire and with the rest of the wood, he makes an idol. He fashions an idol with, you could just imagine, gets a tree, cuts some of it up, puts it in the fire, cooks some food. And with the other part, he fashions an idol and then he worships it, bows down to it, says, save me. So many things in our life are neutral. Some things are not even bad, but they can become a God in our lives because instead of looking to God for peace and joy and significance, we look to something else, in this case, whatever the addictive behaviour is. It's instead of looking to God for joy, I look to this other thing, whatever it might be. It's like we worship the object of our addiction. It's like we bow down to whatever it is we're addicted to and say, you are my Lord, only you can satisfy me. Only you can make me really happy. Only you can make me feel secure. We light a little candle in its honour. Whatever we worship controls our passion, our thinking, our behaviour. We're always a slave to whatever it is we worship. We are always a slave to whatever it is that is on the throne of our hearts. 
There's the, there's the scripture in, in Genesis where God says to Cain, Cain was downcast and God says, why are you downcast? He says, uh, let me see that scripture, I wrote it down. He says, um, if you do what is right, will you not be uh, accepted? Sin is crouching at your door, it wants to master you, but, but you, need to, you need to master it. Sin is crouching at your door, it wants to take control of you, but you need to master it. Now that's the truth. Sin is always crouching out there. How many people saw, see the film, uh, what's it called? It's a, it's a robe. <laughs> Empress New Group, right? You got the, you got, have you seen that? You got the angel on one side and you got the devil on the other side. So you got the devil saying, you know, sin is crouching at our door and it wants to master us. It's on one side. And that's true. But listen to the other thought that's also true. The Holy Spirit is also crouching at the door. The Holy Spirit is also speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is saying, why don't you give your heart to me? Let me master your life and I'm going to take you places you only dreamed of. When we give in to the, to the enemy, when we give in to the sin, the sin will take us places we never intended to go. In this case, Cain ended up mur murdering Abel. But if we give in to the Holy Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to master us. Allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do in our life. It will take us places we never expected. First and foremost, we need to understand that dealing with a, an addiction is a spiritual problem. And it's a battle for the devotion of our heart. And that's why it's so difficult to break an addiction. It's a battle for the devotion of our hearts. I want the enemy saying, I want the devotion of your heart. It's a spiritual problem that we need spiritual weapons to deal with it. The, the, Paul says to the Corinthians, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. A stronghold is another New Testament word for addiction. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the, the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought and we make, where does the addiction begin? It begins with a thought. It, where, where do you gain the victory? You gain the victory with that thought. That's where the battle is. The battle is forced first and foremost in the, in the mind and in the heart. And it's a spiritual battle. And God has given us the weapons, spiritual weapons to overcome in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen. Number five, the purpose of the addiction is to destroy you. Make no mistake about it. Understanding that there's a spiritual element to addictions, we need to understand that the enemy uses addictive behaviours to destroy us. It's not to make you happy. Sin is always promises happiness. It does bring joy for a moment, the Bible says. But in the end, its purpose is to destroy us. Bible says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. It's the desires of the sin nature that drag us away and entice us. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. That's the progression. The Bible says that the enemy has come to kill, steal and destroy, because he knows your worth. He knows what you're capable of. He knows how powerful your prayer can be. He knows, he knows, he knows that if you, if you commit yourself to God, he knows, he knows that if that happens, you could do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. So he's going to do everything that he, do, he can do to kill, steal and destroy. And one of the ways he does that is through addictions. I love the way James uses the analogy of conception to describe what the enemy does. The enemy knows that if he can get 
if he can, we have the desires of the sin nature and if he can get us to sin once, he can get us to sin twice. And if he can get us to sin enough times, then sin will grow. It'll grow. It's like, it's like a baby growing in a mother's womb. It grows. Every time we give in to the sin, it grows. It grows and grows. And then when it's full grown, it will give birth to death. You've heard the statement that whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. It's why the Bible says, if we want to win the battle, we need to starve the sin. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. The man reaps what he sows. If you sow to please the sinful nature, if you keep sowing to please the sinful nature, from that nature you shall reap destruction. But if you, please, if you sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit you shall reap eternal life. And so... If we're going to stop sowing to the sinful nature, that might mean avoiding certain places, certain people, certain situations. James says if we continue to feed the addiction, the result is going to be death. Not necessarily physical death, but it will kill the joy and the purpose of your life. When gambling addiction is full grown, it's ugly. You lose everything. When a porn addiction is fully grown, it's awful. Does a lot of damage to families and marriage. The enemy has a plan for your life, but so does God. It's desire. We've got to understand this battle between the spirit and the flesh. The other day I was on the freeway, um, traveling 110 kilometers. I confessed to my life group on Wednesday night. There it is. Um, so let me confess to the church. So I'm driving along the freeway, 110 kilometers an hour. Then they're doing roadworks, changes to 60 all of a sudden. They're always doing roadworks on the freeway. I've been doing roadworks for the last 10 years. Anyway, I, 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 I was obeying the law. I, 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 I reduced the speed to 60. This car comes up behind me, right on my tail, right on my tail, and flashing. And, and you know, there's this little thing went click. It's like this little switch inside of me just went click. Anybody had that click before? Please, please admit. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I belong to a sinful church. It's great. I feel so much better now. Uh, I'm amongst friends. I just, I just saw this thing go click inside of me. So I pulled over as soon I pulled over. I went into the other lane as soon as I could. Guy went straight past me. <laughs> then, then we got back to the 110. And I thought, I've got to catch up to this guy. <laughs> so I'm starting to speed up now. Now I'm gone. And so, and then I had this little conversation in my head. I wish I could tell you it finished really well with us stopping and me having a little chat, we didn't stop like that at all. I'm driving along and I'm going, all right, Joe, so we're going to speed up. Okay, it's a good plan. It's a good plan. And then when we catch up to him, what are we going to do, Joe? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to talk to the guy? Are we, going to, are we going to do something? And I said, switch, you need to switch back off because this is not a good thing. It's a sin nature that's always wanting us to desire. Desire is not the problem. It's what you do with it. By the grace of God, God gives us the grace in that moment. It's only the grace of God. It's not willpower. It's the grace of God that helps us to say, no, I'm not doing this. I need to run. We've got three more points. Number six, the sixth thought is cry out to God. If we're going to overcome an addiction, we need to recognize that we're powerless. We don't have the power to overcome the addiction. Story we read in our text to me describes the battle we have with addictions. It's the story of the Amalekites against the Israelites. And while they're fighting, Moses is on the mountain with Aaron and Hur. While his hands are lifted up, Israel is winning. While his hands are down, Israel is losing. 
To me, that's symbolic of the fact that without God, we will never be able to win the battle. We need his strength and we need his power. They were fighting on the ground. It was a physical battle, but it wasn't just a physical battle. It was a spiritual battle. And what was determining the outcome of the physical battle was what was happening in the spiritual realm. Hands were lifted up. Hands were lifted up. There's an old hymn that says, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Second stanza, I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. We will never beat the addiction on our own. We need the power of God. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jude says to him who is able to keep you from falling. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with grace. Now to him be all the glory and power and honor. Number seven, reach out to someone who can help. It's the story of the battle with the Amalekites. Moses is getting tired. So what does he do? Aaron and her come alongside of him. And they hold up his hands in prayer. If we're going to overcome an addiction, we all need an Aaron and her alongside of us. It's one of the great principles about addictive behavior. Some people say, no, Pastor Joe, I'm going to do this on my own. You know, it was a great message. You can put it into practice. They're going to do this on my own. Reality is, if we could do it on our own, we would have already done it. And the greatest thing that we can do is find an Aaron and a her that will come alongside of you, someone that you can be open to about the addiction and say, that's what I'm going through. Would you help me? Someone you can talk to, someone that you can talk to when you're struggling, someone who can pray with you when you feel tired. It's a battle. Facing an addiction is a battle. And, and there will be times when you feel tired and exhausted and someone will be able to come alongside of you and help you put your hands up. By the way, that's a spiritual principle, irrespective of addictive behavior or not. We all need one or two people to help us. Number eight, we need to fight for freedom. If we're going to break the, an addiction, we need to understand that it's not going to go down without a fight. We're involved in a battle. It's Israel versus the Amalekites. It's the spirit versus the flesh. It's the spirit of darkness versus the kingdom of light. The enemy's not going down without a fight. It's a battle. I hate to break it to you. One of the big concerns with the generation of today, we, we've got this gospel that says, come to Jesus and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> It is fine in one way, but in another way, it's not fine. Because <laughs> suddenly we're in we enter into a battle. We enter into spiritual warfare. And that at times can be difficult. Can you imagine last night if the crow's poor, they play a game or any sports for that matter. And, you know, they just start to chat, kick the ball around. Hey, go on. Yeah, how's, how's your family? Good? Yeah. They're playing the game and showing photos. <laughs> When they go and play, they know it's going to be an epic battle. If we're going to break addictions, we need to understand it's going to, it's going to take a fight. You need to fight for freedom. You need to fight to be free from the negative effects of addiction. And Nehemiah said to the people of Israel, fight for your families. Go out there. We're going to face the enemy. You're going to need to fight for your families. It's not going to come without a struggle. 
It's not just going to be one day you're going to wake up and praise the Lord, I'm free. It can happen. It can happen. I've seen people that have been just freed from addictions. Just, just a prayer, just a, just, a, just a miracle power of God. By and large, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a fight. The good news is we don't fight alone. God said to Jehoshaphat, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. We don't fight, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory in the name of Jesus. But Christ has given us the victory. One more thought. What makes addiction so hard to overcome, really hard to overcome, what makes the battle so fierce is that usually at the core, there's a wound. Alamiah says behind every addiction is a compelling urge to feel wonderful and to avoid pain. To a lot of people, addictions is really medication for pain. In many cases, not all cases, but in, in some cases, it's medication for pain. If you follow when the addiction started, if you follow the track of the addiction, you'll end up in pain or a wound, usually. It's this teenager whose life is a disaster. It's a mess. And someone offers them something, whether it's a substance or alcohol, and they try it, and for the first time, they feel great. <laughs> for the first time, they feel free. And that feels amazing. And so you don't think, oh, gee, this is going to end up here. You go back again and again, and suddenly it becomes an addiction. It's why we cry out to God, because He's our healer. We learned that in the first time when we talked about bitterness, where God reveals Himself there at the, uh, at the well. He reveals Himself and He says to the people of Israel, I am your healer. I'm your healer. He's our source of strength. He's the truth. He's our source of joy. And through our relationship with Jesus Christ, we can be victorious. So the Israelites won a great battle over the Amalekites. And I love this. Then the Bible says, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. It's here that God reveals, He revealed Himself back in, in the first lesson we did, the first message we did. He revealed Him as a healer. Here He reveals Himself as Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Something very powerful about a flag. How many people love flags? You love flags? I love flags. I'm fascinated with flags. The bigger the flag, the better. Something about a flag flying. And you know, usually when, when two armies are fighting or whatever, and you see this in the wars and so on, when they finally took territory, one of the things they did is they got a flag and they stuck it in the ground. It was a symbol of victory. This land belongs to me. In the place of our battle, God wants to reveal Himself as Jehovah Nissi, the God that He is our banner of victory. So how do we deal with addictions? Starts by admitting the problem, believe you can be set free. Remember, it's a spiritual battle. Remember, it will destroy you if you, if you keep feeding it. Cry out to God. 
become accountable to someone, fight for freedom. And all of that begins by answering one simple question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be free? Because if the answer to that question is yes, and we begin to seek after God, He will give us the grace. He will speak to us. He'll give us the grace. He'll give us the power. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to believe that the enemy is more powerful than God. Because if that's true, then I'm going to change Christianity. If there's something more powerful than God, then I'm going to worship that. I don't believe that. I believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that with the word of the Lord, when He said, let there be light, darkness, darkness and confusion left in a second when God says, let there be light. I'm going to believe this power in the spoken Word of God. I'm going to believe that one word from God can take away the darkness and confusion in the name of Jesus. That there is no issue too great for our God. Pastor Joe, is it easy? No, it's not easy. It's a battle in some ways we'll always be fighting. But we can have the victory by His grace. And for his glory. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Stand with me. Way over time. Just open your hands to the Lord. Just, just open to God. Because if we're really honest, um, we, may not, we may not have an addictive behavior. Some people, you, that's what it is for you. You're clear. You, there's no ambiguity here. You know exactly what I was talking about in the message. But all of us have got this battle inside of us. <laughs> the battle between the flesh and the spirit. We've all got stuff. I've got stuff inside of me. Continues Pride continues to want to sit on the throne. It's the battle inside of us. And we all need the grace of God to help us. That when, that when, 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 when the desires of the flesh start to, you know, cry out to us, we need the grace of God to help us to say, no, nah, I'm not going to give in to that. I'm going to give in to the Spirit. And ultimately, it's only His grace that helps us to do that. Maybe you're here today, you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. It's where it all begins. It just begins by opening your life to Jesus. It's letting Jesus be on the throne of your heart. It's saying to whatever else is on the throne of your heart, no, nah, you need to get off. Jesus is going to be my Lord and Saviour. And you, Pastor Joe, well, how do I do that? You just pray a simple prayer. Oh, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And rising again on the third day. Be the Lord and Saviour of my life. I give my life to you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. You pray a simple prayer like that. Similar words to that. It's not about the words, it's about your heart. The Bible tells us that Jesus will take his rightful place in our hearts and you will never, ever, ever, ever be the same again. So just put your hands out to God. Come on, I'm going to pray for you. Come on, just receive from the Lord this morning. Receive from the Lord. I'm going to, I, was, I was praying, I'm, I'm believing that, that some addictions are going to be broken in the name, because of what happened here today. Because his word was spoken, that addictions are going to be broken today. In Jesus' name. 
I don't believe for that. God's word is not preached, you know, just out of fresh air. I know we need to do our part, but I'm going to believe that grace is going to be released. Lines are going to be drawn in the sand. And he's going to give us the power to do that which we cannot do on our own. So, Father, we just surrender to you. You know the battles that we all experience in our hearts. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, Lord, would you help us? Would you help us that when we're in that battle, we would raise our hands to you, Lord God? That, Father, that, that when we get tired, we, we would have the courage, the humility to be able to say to one or two people, would you help me hold my hands up because I'm struggling? And Father, would you set us free from every stronghold, every slavery of the enemy in the name of Jesus so that we can be everything you've called us to be. Just release your power. Release your power. Release your power, Lord God. Send your word, Lord God. Send your word, Lord God. Send the word of the Lord, Father. That word, that truth is going to set us free. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Be an amazing congregation. God bless you. Have a great week.